Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's a moral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that kind of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession. It's a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple mind, people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I need to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome, welcome. November 14th, 2017, Aron Sports Podcast. Your host, Frank Aron here. Week uh, week 10 of NFL action in the books. We're halfway through November, closing in on uh, Thanksgiving here pretty soon. Got uh, next Thursday already. So it's crazy how quick the season's going, but uh, let's let's head to Vegas and check in with Rob. Robert, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Again, another weekend, kind of a more of a public weekend to a little little rough from our perspective collectively, but it seems like it's kind of been the story of the, the season, at least for me this season, the last, especially the last few weeks. Yeah, when the big favorites are covering, we're probably not going to be making a whole lot of money. That's kind of been the case for the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, it is what it is. got to take it in stride and know that in the long run it'll uh, hopefully you know, balance out in our favor a little bit. But anyway, let's uh, start it off like we usually do with the uh, Weekend Recap. The Weekend Recap. So, we kind of already alluded to it a little bit, but how was uh, your week 10? Yeah, I went 1-1 one one when we released plays. I had Indianapolis plus the 10.5. I was kind of waiting all week for that hook to come, and eventually it did come there across the board, consensus, 10.5, uh, so that's why I released it as soon as that hit. and um, That got there pretty easily. There wasn't really much you know, much with that. They should have won the game outright almost, or at least had the chance to, so getting double getting double digits there wasn't in doubt, and then Released Miami plus five and a half pretty late there, right before that Monday night game. Uh, like I said, the first half bet and felt pretty good about it. I liked the the angle. I didn't really like the full game. I just kind of had a feeling that they weren't going to be able to hang with them that whole, you know, the whole sixty minutes. So that's why I thought there's a little bit of value on that first half. And you know, I, <laughs> another another thing, it kind of just uh, summarizes the season there. I felt like I had a pretty good bet. It played out pretty well, kind of how I expected it to. And then old Cutler there with 42 seconds left throws an interception, and it leads to a score there right before half to to push that favorite on the uh, you know, cover the spread there in the first half. So that one was a loser, but I don't like I said, don't really feel too bad about the the handicap or where I was coming about it. Yeah, I know for me, I um, got my pick of the week home on the plus side, but overall had a pretty rough week. I, I split on my two bigger plays, and then uh, went one and what two on my other plays so overall it wasn't a great week um but you know it uh is what it is i guess i don't know it's it's been a couple weeks in a row here where it's basically just been picked a better team it seems like you know like the rams you had land 13 and they cover no problem you had uh detroit land double digits and then a game they easily could have lost outright and had no right in covering they come back and cover there late and um you know it's just Patriots laying seven on the road, cover no problem. Panthers last night laying nine, and that game was kind of a joke. So it's just kind of crazy when you get these big favorites here where, you know, it's one thing if they, uh, you know, kind of sneak out of cover at the end, but 
these have basically been never in doubt, you know, a handful of them basically from the get go. So it's, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of strange. You don't usually see that in the NFL too much where points, uh, aren't necessarily at a premium here in a lot of these matchups, but I think that'll kind of correct itself here at some point. And, uh, more than likely we'll probably be on the, the positive side of that. So look, definitely looking forward to that. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, uh, heading into the next segment, were there any games last week where the, the number came into play? Getting the best of the number. Yeah, so let's see. Uh, we had a f- few games, kind of a little nitpicky. The first one for sure, that Thursday night game, uh, Seattle, Arizona. That one landed right on six, and I got, I was on Seattle there, a decent sized play, and I wasn't in love with it by any means, but, um, yeah, depending on which, what time of the game you're looking at, it was either lucky or unlucky, but still pretty fortunate there that they missed that extra point to land right on six, and, game opened anywhere five and a half six and closed uh six six and a half so you could have really bet either side and won so that's a perfect example of uh you know why we do this segment and there's two other like i said a little bit more nitpicky examples uh green bay and chicago the total there um opened 38 and a half uh that's in consensus consensus but there's a few places here in vegas a few shops that had 39 available at open or around open that close 37 and a half and of, clo- of course that landed right on 39 so that could have been a push if you would have got it early and happened to have those shops and then uh same goes for cincinnati tennessee uh open five five and a half but uh, throughout the week there were a few fours that popped up and uh, of course that game landed four so uh you know another another example just if you can shop around and like i said it's not going to be too widely available but you know that first one's a perfect example in that seattle arizona game yeah i think you know this week there being just a lot of you know, blowouts and games that weren't uh, super close. Numbers not going to come into play, but you know, you don't know which games those are going to be. And every week there's an example of at least a couple. So over the course of a season or the course of you know, ten seasons, that's going to uh, flip your you know profitability, or you know, you're going to say you're going to cut your losses or uh, exceed your profits quite a bit there over the course of a few seasons. So. Definitely something to keep in mind, and, and we'll do that here, uh, you know, going forward. That's half the battle is picking the right sides, but other half the battle is getting the best numbers and, and making the best investments. So let's uh, head right into Week 11 here and check out the uh, Week 11 card. Looks like we got uh, four teams on by this week, uh, a couple of powerhouses here. we got the Colts, Jets, Niners, and Panthers all on by. So it's... Uh, not going to be too detrimental to a lot of fantasy teams out there, you wouldn't think, with the, that crew. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, first game we got, it's actually a somewhat intriguing Thursday night game here. It seems like the first one in a little while. I got Tennessee heading to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh uh, laying seven at home with a total of 44. Yeah, my power rating here, Pittsburgh minus seven. Uh, the Westgate opener, which is what we use every week, uh, Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas. Uh, that game opened Pittsburgh minus six and a half, and then the look ahead line, which is the a betting line the week before that we used, just kind of indicate how much the the numbers moved just in this one one game sample size, how much the numbers moved off of you know the last week's performance. So uh, Pittsburgh opened, or sorry, the look ahead line was Pittsburgh minus seven, so opened six and a half, and then came up uh, the look ahead line was Pittsburgh seven. So like you said, it's pretty much seven across the board. So not nothing here. My power rating seven. So. Thursday night game, total I think it's kind of you know right in line where it should be, sitting at 44. I don't really have much on this game. I think uh, it'll be interesting. I don't know. With Tennessee, it's 
they've they've been good on the score or they've been good on a win loss perspective, but an actual yards per play and being impressive and the teams have been playing it definitely hasn't been much. So we interested to see if they can get something going here in the second half of the season to make some kind of a run, or if they kind of just fall flat and their first ha- first half of the season stats kind of hold true. So I would probably go lean towards the latter on that. I don't really think much of this team and the coaching staff and even Mariota, but. I guess we'll see, but as for this specific game, I think it you know it's a lot of points for Pittsburgh to be laying. Uh, some that's some team that's not clicking on all cylinders, but I really don't want to be back in this Tennessee team either. And, and then you throw on Thursday night football, it's a pretty easy pass for me. Yeah, it's funny how I remember you mentioned on last week's pod. I was like, I think we saw this game the week before when you had the Titans playing the uh, Bengals last week, and the week before that it was they were playing the Ravens at home, and we were like, basically it looks like a carbon copy here almost. And last week. The Titans won 24-20 against the Bengals, and the week before they won 23-20 against the Ravens. So, that uh, not that it would benefited us financially at all, but pretty much played out exactly how kind of we expected there. And uh, yeah, I mean, Titans are six and three. Uh, I still don't think much of them at all. And sadly, in that AFC wild card picture right now, um, uh, the Titans or the Jags—I don't know which one. One of them would be the went in the south and I want to be the first wild card and sadly it looks like they almost have a stranglehold on it with how weak the rest of the AFC teams are so as much as I'm unimpressed with the Titans there's a pretty decent chance they're going to make the playoffs um you know hopefully the number will be reasonable you can bet against them in the first round <laughs> make some money off them that way because at this price I don't I don't necessarily trust them to stay in this um point spread range but I also they're not a team that I dislike so much that I feel comfortable laying a touchdown against them. And on the flip side, Pittsburgh, like who knows what they're going to get with them. They usually they kind of play their competition, whether it be up or down. But like Tennessee, it's you know a team that we said we don't really feel too strongly about them being that good. But at the same time, um, they have a decent record and kind of have the, uh, you know, a little bit of the reputation of a team that's kind of better than, than we think. So, who knows if Pittsburgh's going to come in and and take the game seriously and actually you know play up to, on a primetime game here and and because uh, they can put some points up on the board if if they uh, come in with a good effort or if they'll just kind of come in because it's against another you know fairly mediocre team and just kind of uh, you know sloppily play the game and maybe try to pull it out at the end and not cover the seven I, I don't really know and then yeah you throw a Thursday night factor in just uh, this is a game even though the, the Seven point favorites, you know, people love teasing them down to down to one or money line parlaying them. This is a game that um, I'd have no interest in, in teasing either way because I could see Pittsburgh winning by 24. I could see them losing the game outright. I think it's a pretty high variance game, so I don't have a whole lot of opinion betting it. Uh, next game up, uh, to the Sunday games, we got Detroit at Chicago. Looks like Detroit's. Playing two and a half with Juice or three uh, on the road with a total of 41. Yeah, my power rating here, Detroit minus two and a half. The Westgate opened, Detroit minus three. Look headline was Detroit minus two and a half. And yeah, pretty much sitting right around between those two numbers, like you said. And um, I don't know, my power rating kind of has it pegged right where it is. Maybe a little slightly lower, which indicate that I'd have a small lean toward Chicago at home here, but. I don't know. I just don't know if I want to be back in this team. I'm kind of a little bit higher on Detroit, I think, too. Um, not that that indicates with my power rate number this week, but just going going to weeks back, I've always been higher on Detroit than it seems like the markets have been. But 
this seems like a spot where, you know, a divisional game where Chicago, you know, might be a live dog here, you know, catching three. So that'd be the way I'd look, but definitely not in love with it by any means. But like I said, maybe a small lean towards Chicago. Yeah, it's, it was interesting last week with Chicago getting a decent amount of support there and, you know, laying top towards a touchdown seemed a little crazy, but I think it was a lot to do with people just not trusting Hundley and the Packers. So this is kind of more of the role you've seen Chicago in lately, you know, catching a field goal or so at home. And it's in a price range where that's kind of the way I would look. I also just don't really have a whole lot of faith that Chicago is going to win the game outright when you're talking about Trubisky versus Stafford, even though I'm not high on the Lions like at all as a team. I, they were super fortunate to cover last week. Uh, when you're just asking them to basically win the game, um, you know, it's I do probably think that they're probably going to win the game. So I think a push is absolutely in play here, and I just don't really trust either team. I don't really trust the Lions necessarily to win by more than a field goal, but I also don't really trust Chicago to basically win the game outright either. So I think it's probably about where it should be, and um, I don't really have a whole lot of interest in this game uh, either way. And other than as a Vikings fan rooting for Detroit to lose to give a little bit more cushion in the division. Um, next game, Kansas City at the Giants. Talk about a tough one to bet here with this Giants squad. Looks like Kansas City's about a 10, 10.5 point favorite on the road with a total of 43.5. Yeah, my power rating here, Kansas City minus 11.5. Westgate open, Kansas City 13.5. Uh, look at line was 9.5, Kansas City. And yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. It's, you know, you know, there's a little bit of value on the Giants, and that's kind of where the, you know, like I said, open 13 and a half, and we saw a little bit of, or actually a decent amount of Giants support already, and that's where you get seen at 10 and a half across the board. So, um, obviously you're getting a little bit of value on the Giants, or at least you were. And, uh, but is that value going to turn into a, a, a win? Who knows? It's like if the team's not even trying, I don't know if I really want to put my money in a team that you're not sure where their heads are at, and you got the reports that, one of the defensive players texting to ESPN saying they're quitting on the coach and they're giving you know pretty much not trying. It's like I don't know. Obviously, there's a point where you get get enough points in the NFL, but it's just uh, it's just tough. I don't know. I, like I said, it's hard to put your money on something. You're hard earned money on something when the people aren't even trying, especially with the Kansas City team. That's uh, Andy Reid still got off a bye, and uh, you know, the, especially this year they've been able to put up points and and have the potential to blow out. So it'll be. Pretty tough, like I said, a little bit of value on the Giants, I think. But you know, it's if you, your guess from your guess is good as mine. If you want to, you know, put your money on them, they're going to be trying. So I don't know if I want to, and I'm probably not going to, especially getting a worse number now. So I think it's a pretty easy to stay away altogether. Yeah, it's when you say there's a little bit of value, I'd, I'd say yes if you're under the assumption that all teams are are trying their maximum amount of effort. Then definitely. But the problem, I mean, as you said too, is if they're not trying, then you know how good is that? Even though whether you're getting two points of value, three points of value, and in terms of what you think the line should be, if they're not trying, that you know those points are could be totally meaningless, or it could be short. If like that that effort they put up last week against San Francisco, I wasn't financially involved in the game hardly, other than our, our shot bet that uh, I owe you when I come out there next week. That's right. <laughs> other than that um, it's just they look like they were hardly even trying and so it's like okay well you can say oh well you know the people last week that bet the giants all the way up from pick or minus one up to minus three they're they're probably thinking oh well you know here's some value on them and then when they come out and they just don't even look like they're 
you know, caring at all about the game and they're not even putting the effort in. It's like, okay, well, was was that actual value or just, you know, is that just false value that never got actualized? So, um, with with a team in that spot, it's one of those things where you just got to be careful. And it's kind of been the like Cleveland's mo over the last couple of years is the sharps kept thinking there's value on them, and you know, there, I think there has been in a lot of spots where the number looks a little inflated. Well, the team's just either so inept or not giving the effort. Um, you know, like a couple points in the long run is not going to flip that uh, far enough to the point where it's going to make it a profitable bet. So that's just something I think to kind of be careful with. And yeah, here it's be really tough for me to lay ten on the road with Kansas City. Uh, but then you got you know the Kansas City's coming off a buy, right? I think Andy they're yeah. coming off a buy. Yeah. So yeah, you got the whole Andy Reid coming off a buy factor, which he's been really good on that, and the Giants might have completely packed it in and are trying to get McAdoo fired. Uh, but that being said, uh, laying double digits on the road in the NFL is just to me just an automatic no bet. So uh, you know, very little interest in this one. Uh, next game, Tampa Bay at Miami. I don't. Are you seeing it? Is it even up anywhere? I'm not sure. I'm seeing some threes, but I see one and a half. I'm not, I really don't know what's available. It's kind of a game. I'm not really going to be betting, so I haven't really been looking into it. But if, I think I think one and a halfs are, are what's showing right now at books. But what I are they even sure. waiting on, you know? is it Because Winston's out. It's Fitzpatrick for Tampa. Is, yeah, I, is I, it, I don't know what the holdup is. I don't see any. I mean, Mike Evans should be playing. Not that he's going to hold out, but yeah, Winston's out. Evans should be playing. To, yeah, so I, I don't know what the holdup is. I'm really am not sure. Maybe to see if uh, Miami's going to actually show up and play the game this time and even go through the motions, or if they're just going to... Well, the game might never get put on the board at that pace. <laughs> well, I'm saying they might, yeah, they might not even uh, show up to the stadium. Uh, basically, they didn't last night against Carolina. I know it didn't, uh, didn't treat me too well. So, yeah, I don't know. There's not a number on here, and this isn't a game I'd probably be too interested in anyway. Um, you know, no, no reason to talk about this too much. It's just a disappointing for effort uh, by specifically Miami's defense. Like, Cutler and the offense didn't play good and they turned it over, but I mean, it just looked like Carolina wasn't even showing, like, it wasn't, there was no resistance at all. They were just going right through them. It was just pretty aggravating to watch as a Miami backer, you know, as you can relate to as well. Yeah, but no, I'm looking here. I um, went to bed online and it says one and a half on my screen, but there's nothing there active. So I don't know. I'm looking at uh, Bookmaker right now to see if I see anything, but. Uh, yeah, I guess they do have it at one and a half, so that's about the only thing I can see. But yeah, like you said, I don't know if there's really much to touch on this game. I, I thought I, I, I one thing I will say is I saw three and a half before kickoff on Monday night, and I thought that was re- kind of ridiculous. I had three and a half at Westgate. And I was about to hop on it, but I was already had a little bit of money on Miami, so I knew if they got blown out and the number would come down, I'd get a little bit of value on that number, getting Tampa Bay plus three and a half. But I'm kind of you know doubling down on my bet because I already had Miami for that game, so it. uh I don't know. I'm surprised they hung a three with the hook there. It seems kind of ridiculous because I'm not. I don't think anybody's too shocked that they got blown out there in Carolina. So. Yeah, I, I don't. Know. I mean, yeah, if they would have you know, came back a couple weeks ago and got the back door against the Raiders, the the where they were somewhat competitive, and if they would have hung tough with Carolina last week, I think you made a, you could have made a fairly strong case that Fitzpatrick led Bucks team. Um, you know, this should have been is is not is no better than Miami, so it's hard to imagine it would have came less than three if they would have had a strong effort last night. And 
Yeah, but I, I mean, think. Miami can't give a full three points for home field advantage. They got to be a weaker home field too. So I mean, it just seems I think you know you give them somewhere in that two, two and a half range. Me, me personally, and then you talk about not only getting the three, and then you get three in the hook. I don't know. It seems to me it's just too high, no matter which way you slice it. But then you look at I mean the Bucks. Other than last week against the Jets, when a pretty awful game both ways, they haven't been competitive for a month or a month and a half. So I think that's a little bit of recency bias and forgetting how totally inept the Bucks have been. As someone who's been on them twice in the last four weeks, it's been about as they've been they haven't been a whole lot better than the Giants in terms of effort. So um, you know, they, Fitz, Fitzpatrick got him a win last week, but it wasn't like he played that good. They only put up 15 points and. Didn't look too impressive either. So, um, yeah, I mean, I hear you. I, I don't. I think the markets are probably going to crash on Miami a little bit, uh, especially as uncompetitive as they were and disinterested as Cutler can look. But at the same time, I think it's kind of given Tampa Bay a little bit of the benefit of the doubt too, after how terrible they've been, which I guess is kind of going to be a recurring theme here for a lot of these teams. Uh, next game we got Baltimore at Green Bay. Uh, Baltimore laying two on the road. The total of 38. Yeah, my power rating here, Baltimore minus two. Westgate open, Baltimore three, even money. Westgate look ahead, Baltimore minus three. Um, I don't know, another another game, it's pretty much sitting right where my power rating is. It's just, you can't really make something out of nothing. So, um, I, I guess a small lean towards Green Bay at home, but I just really don't trust Hundley at all. I don't really trust the Green Bay team much at all. And but you know the same same goes for the Baltimore squad as well. I just I really don't know what I'm getting with that Baltimore team. It seems like they're the biggest roller coaster you can find. And I think they even if you talk about that weak AFC, I think they even have a weak, uh, outside chance of making the playoffs or not even an outside. I think a a chance if they kind of play well here down yeah, the stretch. They're one game back of the Bills right now, so yeah, they, they could they could flip it pretty quick if they could win a couple. Yeah, and you know that, this is obviously a very winnable game for them on the road uh, against this Green Bay you know Rogers Rogerless Green Bay team. So. The fact that they have a chance to, uh, somewhat of a decent chance to make the playoffs, it's pretty <laughs> absurd in itself. But I think that goes to show you how weak the AFC is this year. But uh, as for this game goes, yeah, uh, you know the total is pretty low, uh, thirty-seven and a half, thirty-eight. So I mean, if it if it dips any lower, I might take it an over just out of principle because you know one one bad bounce or one pick six, something like that, you know, can change that complexion of the whole game. So that'd be the way I, I guess you know, look at it and kind of keep an eye on that. But as for the side, I'm probably not gonna be involved. Yeah, I just don't think outside of playing the, you know, the Giants or somebody that has quit or, yeah, I guess Cleveland, um, I just can't believe Baltimore's laying points on the road. I haven't been a fan of Hundley much at all, and I got burned with him a couple weeks ago on that Monday nighter against Detroit. I just think that's really the only way I could look, though. I, You know, it's you still have a Green Bay team that's 5-4, and four, and now it's coming off a win where maybe they got he's got a little bit of confidence, and... Maybe the team's got a little bit of confidence in him, and they're still right in the playoff hunt in the NFC. Uh, and then, you know, Green Bay's home field's pretty solid against a AFC team that doesn't come in there too often, isn't familiar with the turf there. Uh, you know, it's it's a, a it's pretty pretty big advantage. And to say that this Baltimore team is, you know, say you give Green Bay three and a half for home field, to say that Baltimore's five and a half points better, that just that's just pretty hard to believe. Um, to your point about the over, like Baltimore seems like every week they're about as, you know, unsexy and low scoring and just kind of bad football, uh, across the board. Like, um, the last totals they've scored are 43, 40, 40, 
51-47. So it's like they've, even though it hasn't looked good and it's been some backdoor garbage by Flacco and, you know, whatever, it's like they've still been getting to 40 points pretty much every week. So And that, and that hasn't been against high-scoring teams either. It's been against the Titans, Dolphins, Vikings, Bears. So when you look at it from that perspective, it's like, all right, well, you know, anything under 40 might be a little bit of a bargain here and uh, seems like a pretty reasonable price to take over. And in terms, as far as the Packers, uh, as that goes, you'd think they'd only be getting better with Hunley at quarterback in terms of being able to score a little bit or, you know, maybe find a little bit of, um, you know, get a little bit more in sync in their offense. So, and, and then you look at their games and it's been, you know, 39, 47, 43. So the last few games with Hunley, um, you know, it hasn't been pretty and they haven't been super effective, but they've gotten over 42. So I think you're definitely onto something there with that over. Uh, it just seems like, um, you know, it's, it seems pretty reasonable to, to ask it to get over that number. Uh, next game we got is actually a pretty good one here. We got the Rams of Los Angeles at Minnesota. So Minnesota's laying two, two and a half at home with a total of 46. Yeah, good game indeed. Might be one of the better games we see all season, or at least up to this point. Uh, which have been funny to, funny to hear preseason, but uh, at this point in the season, it's definitely uh, pretty relevant. But yeah, my power rating here, Minnesota minus 2.5, Westgate open, Minnesota minus 2.5, and, and the look ahead line is Minnesota minus 3. Um, you know, sitting again right where my power rating is, I don't really see a whole lot of value either, which, you know, just based off my numbers, uh, first, you know, first look. But it seems like if you're going to look anywhere here, it seems like you got to look to the Minnesota side. I mean, the Rams are the big, uh, you know, fat and happy type of team. The the public likes them. They've got a high, high-powered offense. Their defense is pretty solid. So, it's you know, everybody's going to bet on them. And Minnesota's been definitely pretty impressive, too. Their records are the same, but they haven't been quite as sexy as, uh, you know, the Rams team. And I, I give uh, the Vikings three and a half for home field, definitely an above average or, you know, top, I'd say top five to eight home field in the league. So um, definitely more than three. So you're basically saying the Rams are a better team here than the Vikings. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean, obviously the, the defense for the Vikings is definitely su- uh, superior to uh, the Rams. And then uh, the offense, you know, you, who knows what you're going to get with the Vikes. It seems like every every week it's different. But, you know, the Rams are definitely high-powered. So that's one thing to keep in mind, but um, I, I I just feel like this game should be, I, I have it at two and a half, but I feel like if it's if it's going to go anywhere, I think it's got to go to three. So, I mean, like I said, I see a few twos out there, and if, especially if it dips any lower, I might just take a small bet on, on the Vikings just out of value, but I'm probably not going to be doing much with this game. I think it's kind of pretty close to where it should be. Uh, that total is pretty high, something I'm looking at as well. It's, it seems like it might be a little too high, in, in, in fact, actually. I've been on quite a few Vikings overs. I've been able to you know, I have a pretty good sense of those just when, when the Vikings offense can get going and stuff. I've had a pretty good sense with that. And even last week, I liked the over there too. And that got over pretty easily against Washington. But I think this is, uh, you know, might be a little too high. I even see a 47 here at Coast in Vegas. And that's a, one of the most key numbers in the total. So I think, uh, if it gets to a 47, I'm probably going to have a play on that or at least have some money myself on the under there, uh, in this game. Yeah. It's- I mean, the, the Rams have been blowing teams out, but they've been, they played the Texans without Watson, played the Giants, the Cardinals, and that London game. And, and then they, they, the last game they played a decent pl- opponent is somehow the Jaguars that they did one on the road, which you got to give them a little credit for. Uh, but in that game, they, they got outgained by 150 yards and I think they had a defensive or, uh, no, I mean, a special team score or two. So it's, uh, 
it's just kind of a uh, a team that yeah they got a, you know gaudy record and you know they are the kind of the public darling right now and everyone seems to be jumping on their bandwagon and I think they're a, definitely a much improved team I like the coach quite a bit and and Goff's been much better and and they have just been blowing teams out so you got to give them credit for it. you can only play who's on the schedule but uh, I just think they're getting a little bit a little bit too much buzz here and uh, now the the last legitimate legitimate team they played was the Seahawks where they lost at home and they kind of could they could have won that it was basically a coin flip and then uh the Cowboys they they beat on the road in a kind of a crazy game too so um you know they've been good but it just seems like to come in and and not give the Vikings the full three or three and a half for home field seems a little bit disrespectful and you know all they've done is basically beat who's in front of them too and they, they don't have any super impressive wins but I think you could argue that that going on the road last week and, and beating the Redskins in a game they desperately needed was, you know, are more impressive than anything the Rams have done in the last month. So uh, I think it's, you know, the Vikings kind of, they, they've won five in a row, whereas the Rams have only won four in a row. So you could make the argument, well, they might be, you know, a little bit of a letdown, you know, fat and happy, feeling themselves spot. But the problem is they really haven't been getting a whole lot of media attention, uh, specifically nationally. Whereas the Rams have gotten, you know, gushed over with the high-powered offense, because usually the the offense gets all the uh, the highlights and you know all the talk and all the buzz from the fantasy players, and um, you know defenses are a little bit more under the radar, and and I think a little bit uh, undervalued here in the betting market. So um, I, I still think the uh, you know the Case Keenum three interception blow-up game is is looming, and it very well could be against his former team here. Uh, I know he's going to be extra motivated and you know maybe a little jittery here to kind of try to prove a point that they uh you know forced him out way too easily didn't really give him a fair chance against Goff in a quarterback competition so that would be my one worry is uh he's definitely due for a a huge blow-up game Uh, but outside of that I think the Vikes have a real good chance here to, to cover this short number uh next game we got Arizona at Houston just an absolutely awful game uh it looks like I don't know, are there any numbers out currently, or it shows Arizona land one or one and a half here, but I don't know if those are current or not. Um, Yeah, that's I'm seeing a bookmaker right now. I see a pick em. So, yeah, anywhere looks like a pick em or Arizona one, it seems like is what's available right now. And, uh, yeah, as it goes for my numbers, that's what, you know, I have it I have it as a pick on my power rating. Uh, the opener, Westgate had Arizona minus one and a half, and the look headline was Arizona minus two. Uh, you know, clearly we're waiting on the, um, the quarterback who's going to be playing for Arizona, um, I, I don't know if it really makes that big of a difference or not, but with, with Stanton being out or not, but I think who's the, who's the backup? Is it, uh, Berkeley from the no, Bears? No, the for Arizona? Yeah. He's a real American. Who's that? Blaine Gabbard? Oh, is it Gabbard? Okay. Where, who the is? Blaine Gabbard return game? Are you getting fired up? Oh yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah, we gotta, gotta have, we gotta be excited for that, but who? Who is who is Berkeley play for? Because I heard that somewhere from the Bears. You know who he plays for? Berkeley. Yeah. Matt Barkley. Or is it Barkley? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Barkley. That's right. Sorry. Do you know who he's? Uh, is he start? I heard he was starting this week. I didn't know. I thought it was for Arizona, but I'll check it here. Yeah, because he plays for Arizona, so I heard Barkley starting. You heard? You heard it was uh, Gabbert? Unless they just signed him. Maybe that's why the number got taken off the board because they had Gabbert was the starter because Stanton was hurt. So they must have just signed. Oh, it says here the Cardinals signed Matt Barkley to back up Blaine Gabbard. Oh God! 
Anyway, I, yeah, but either way, I, I don't know who's getting the start or whatever. If it is Gabbard, I don't think it really makes that big of a difference. But I think Barkley's actually a fair bit better than – like he was actually pretty frisky down the stretch there with the Bears last year. No, I agree. That's why I was kind of wondering because I, I was going to lean Arizona if he was starting, but the other part is too – does he know the offense and everything like that, which I haven't <laughs> yeah. really – I haven't really – Plug and play Matt Barkley starting <laughs> yeah. the day after he gets to town. Yeah, it's not quite like a, you know doing a trade on Madden or something like that. It's a little bit more complicated than that, but. Uh, like I said, I need to do a little bit more research on this game, so I don't really have much on it. Uh, you know, my power rating has is a pick, but that was that was again before the Barkley news. So, um, but uh, like I said, Westgate opened Arizona minus one and a half, and the Lucky was Arizona minus two. But again, different quarterbacks and stuff, so it's going to be changed slightly. But yeah, I don't have much on this game. It's just a unwatchable type of game. I think it's going to you know nothing nothing really there, and uh, see see which one of these bad teams can get a W. I guess. I mean, what what a time to be alive! Land points on the road with Blaine Gabbert in in 2017. I didn't think it was possible. And and the sad part is, is I'm not even rushing to the window to to back Houston because that Savage has been it just just beyond awful. I don't know, I don't know if you saw much of the game against the Rams, but they 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 kind of held in there for a while, and then Savage just just turned up how terrible he was. It was it was impressive to be honest. It was like I don't know how you can be this bad and this inept and Two weeks in a row now. Um, I, I kind of bought in. I didn't have uh, much money on Houston last week, but I bought into the narrative. I know I saw some sharper players that I respect that that took some Houston double digits, saying that they were going to give Savage a pass for the two weeks ago because that was he only had a couple days to prepare after the Watson injury, and now he's had a whole week to prepare with the uh, you know the starters and kind of get get those reps and be more prepared for the the matchup. Against the Rams and uh, didn't really matter. <laughs> he was he was as bad as he was the week before, and I kind of kicked myself for buying into that at all, um, even though I didn't quite release it as a play. Um, so it's just until further notice. I mean, he he might be unbackable, and this price range is pretty attractive. If the Houston defense, um, you know, it was fully healthy, I think it maybe be worth it just on the defense alone, figuring that they're going to be able to hold Blaine Gabbert to hardly any points. But uh, with with their injuries, they haven't been quite all that impressive either. So um, this is just a game where it's just, yeah, you just kind of got to shake your head. This is even, you know, going to be a game that's played in the NFL. This feels more like an arena league game or something. What do you mean? Yeah, uh, you're with your boy Tommy Savage, the Macho Man. Yeah, but no, I hear you there. It's uh, <laughs> I say you better get that drop in while you can, because I don't know how many more games he's gonna be starting. Yeah, but that's what I figured. Again, I had to get it in. So, as you say that though, you know, maybe three years down the road he'll pull a Blaine Gabbert and you know come back once somebody gets hurt in front of him. Yeah, he'd be a real American. <laughs> um, so that, yeah, I say you didn't have that drop ready because you didn't know he was still in the league, huh? Yeah. Um, so the next game up we got is Jacksonville at Cleveland. Uh, Jacksonville laying seven and a half on the road with a total of 37, 37 and a half. Yeah, I mean, just another game here. Uh, power rating here, Jacksonville minus eight and a half. Westgate open, Jacksonville minus seven and a half. Look at it, it was Jacksonville minus seven. I just told myself when I'm doing my numbers here, I just need to, I, I just need to keep downgrading Cleveland because I'm out, had quite a bit of money on them last week. I think actually that was my most bet team. I had my most money on Cleveland and, you know, I'm fully aware, you know, who, who I'm, uh, who I'm betting on, who I'm getting into bed with, but, it's just the, my my God! I mean, they should have almost won the game outright, and then they came and covered a double digit spread last week against Detroit. I mean, it's just so frustrating, and it's just they have 
find new ways to not cover spreads that they should. And I mean, they just dominated the stats against Detroit, they, you know, but just some stupid, stupid decision making and bad clock management and not being able to, you know, punch it in and, you know, just go down the line. But, and what, what you know, all adds up to, you know, equals Cleveland. So what, what are you, what are you going to do? But, uh, in this spot, in this spot here, I, I'm not going to be laying more than a touchdown with the Jacksonville team on the road, <laughs> but at the same time, I, I don't want any part of Cleveland. So another, another one that's another super low total, but I think this one's a little bit more, um, you know, worthy of it sitting at 37, 37 and a half, but I mean, boy, that's just so low. Uh, even pinnacle here, I'm seeing 37 over 105. That's just like you talk about reduced juice at 37, but, um, and especially with Cleveland when they can move the ball, but it'll be interesting to see if they can do anything against this, you know, stout Jacksonville defense, but. Um, yeah, I'm definitely not gonna be involved side and, and maybe get, uh, maybe do something on the total if, I, if it goes down anymore. But even then, it seems like a little dicey. So I'll probably be staying away from this game altogether. Yes. I had Detroit. I mean, I had, uh, Cleveland against Detroit last week too. And it was, you know, they were up 10 early and then they were winning the game again in the second half. And it's like, you think when they're up a touchdown in the, in the third quarter and they're getting, I think it was 12 or whatever, it's like, you think that'd be a pretty safe bet, but. Not with Cleveland. I half expected them there late to uh, cut to Deshaun Kaiser catching a Detroit ticket at the window, and then cut again over to Hugh Jackson giving the fiddle, giving the uh, camera two middle fingers. But <laughs> we didn't get quite get either of those shots, so we're gonna have to wait another week till they finally go full heel on us. Um, it's just hard to imagine they're even trying to to win these games, let alone cover them. Uh, it's before half there. They they were uh, down. Seven, and then they tried to do a QB sneak, and then they didn't make it. And then time expired, and they came away with no points. And and then uh, later in the game, they're after they give up multiple touchdowns in the last three minutes, they uh, they come down and then they get all the way down to like the ten yard line, and they're trying to punch it in to get through the back door, and they throw one of the worst. Oh boy, um, yeah, they're trying to get in that back door there, and. They uh, throw the, one of the worst fade passes I've ever seen, and I, from the second it left my hand, I was telling Corb I was watching the games with, I was like, I'm like, oh god! And you know, three seconds later, after that floater to the corner of the end zone falls down into the defender's hands, and the guy picks it off, I'm just like, what are you doing with a minute left? And, and it's just, it's just such bad decision making, such bad schemes, just, 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 uh, just strategy. It's just everything's just so bad. Um. So that was, that, was, that was my Cleveland rant for the week. I'm sure I'll jump on them in two weeks or so and go on the same rant in three weeks. But um, it's just, it's like uh, you could be the most inept team ever and still cover that game with the situation there where it was late. But somehow they find a way not to. Um, yeah, that being said, I don't really feel like playing more than a touchdown with Blake Bortles on the road, that's for sure. Um, I mean, we, we could have the most ridiculous, <laughs> you know, situations here and have a poll. You know, Blaine Gabbert laying points on the road. Blake Bortles laying more than a touchdown on the road. You know, whatever that Baltimore Ravens <laughs> laying points on the road. Um, a lot of good contenders here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just crazy. And I say, I, I won't be involved in this game almost for sure. Um, I'll, I'll pretty much no matter where this game goes, because I could see Jacksonville's defense just kind of putting the clamps down on Cleveland and, and winning the game fairly comfortably. Or I could see this might be the week since I'm not on the Cleveland actually has a little bit of life to him and, and covers fairly easily too. So uh, no interest here. Next, uh, last of the early games is Washington and New Orleans. 
fairly interesting one. Looks like New Orleans is uh, laying seven and a half and a total of fifty-one. Yeah, my power rating here is New Orleans minus six. Seen a little bit low, I think, looking back on it now. But uh, Westgate Open, New Orleans minus seven and a half, and the look at line was New Orleans minus seven. And uh, like I said, I think it's power range a little bit low. I think maybe should have made it six and a half, or maybe maybe a little maybe higher seven. I think probably New Orleans deserved a seven, but even this even this range right now, where it's sitting seven and a half eight, um, I, you got to think there's a little bit of value on Washington. I mean, New Orleans couldn't really look any better, especially last week against Buffalo. They just blew the doors off of them in a pretty good spot for Buffalo. That is when I was I was on Buffalo, and a lot of people I know in the Super Contest at the Westgate, which is you know one of the bigger. Uh, contest there you pick five games every week and uh, $1,500 buy-in and you know it's a pretty well-known especially out here in Vegas but that was the most most picked game was Buffalo and it's not like they're super sharp by any means but it's definitely uh, you know somewhat of an indicator but uh, that, that's been done pretty bad this year but um, I was with, I was on board on that one which probably isn't a good thing but I know I think you had a little bit of Buffalo or you like Buffalo too if you maybe didn't bet on them but I was on Buffalo and New Orleans, you know, overcame it. So, I mean, that's, I guess that just shows you, especially the way they won, just as a you know, pretty good sign as a team when they can go in in a bad spot like that and, and, and perform like that, uh, that well. Um, having two running backs rush for over 100 yards, but at the same time, maybe it's just a lot of, a lot of bad on Buffalo. But, so obviously New Orleans is good. I don't think, I don't think anyone's, you know, they've been, what have they won now? After going 0 2, I think they've been undefeated. And, uh, it, so you're not really breaking any ground there by saying they're a really good team. But with Washington, I think they've been kind of, even last week against the Vikings, they were decently impressive, uh, except, you know, their defense kind of got burned. But, um, you know, their offense, once they got some people healthy back on the offense, they were able to gash the Vikings' defense to an extent. So, I mean, I think that's pretty impressive in itself. And you talk about, you know, Cousins here with getting more than a touchdown. You talk about the hook plus and maybe even an eight. It's like that seems just like a little bit too high to me. I think this should be closer to seven or maybe a little bit less than that. But so yeah, I like Washington here, getting that little bit extra points. We'll see if this can get any higher uh, before the Sharks buy it back. But uh, yeah, anything at seven and a half, eight, I think uh, you know I have to like like the Washington side here. Yeah, I've been uh, trying to bet against the Saints here for a couple weeks. I had Buffalo against them last week, then it got just absolutely trucked. I had Tampa, which I thought was a pretty good spot two weeks ago, and they were. Maybe slightly more competitive, but lost by 30 <laughs> somehow. And uh, so if I bet against them this week and, and somehow Washington's less competitive than Buffalo is last week, I'm just going to be done for the year because I don't think you could get any less competitive than Buffalo was last week. But then that being said, I didn't think uh, you could get any less competitive than Tampa was the week before against the Saints. So, um, again, I think I think the Saints are a good team, um, but kind of like a little bit at, like with the Rams. I think people fall for that offense and the points they've been putting up and just fall in love with it and start gushing over it and it uh you know it adds a point or two um inflates it inflates the numbers a point or two more than they should and it is it's a scary proposition to bet against because if they get rolling you know they can put up points in bunches and um you know the way it's worked this year maybe you just kind of close your eyes and and, and take them and assume they're going to blow people out it's just hard for me to imagine that uh you know that's not going to kind of even back out here and um you know get their spread record a little bit closer to 500 by the end of the year even if they're winning these games it's hard to imagine that a team like Washington that's pretty pretty capable uh, offensively and now is getting a little bit healthier it's hard to imagine they can't uh, you know kind of trade punches with them for a bit and and get within this number here seven and a half or you know, anything over anything over touchdown just seems pretty reasonable 
and uh, I kind of like the Washington side. And, and a game that now they dropped to four and five, this is pretty much a must win. It's not totally, but it's it's pretty close. And uh, you know, it's hard to imagine the Saints aren't going to have a letdown here at some point. So I think this is a pretty good spot for Washington and a pretty good price range for Washington. So I'm I'm interested in that side for sure. Uh, now on to the afternoon games. Well, we only have two this week. No, three. No, we got three this week. Yeah. Uh, first one we got is kind of an intriguing one. Uh, we got Buffalo at the Chargers. Um, you showing numbers here? Is it four, four and a half, or are those taken off? Yeah, I think they're down. I don't. I see some numbers. I'm not sure if they're up or not. If they're if they're active, I should say, because looks like Philip Rivers is questionable right now with a concussion. So. I don't. So I entered the concussion protocol yesterday, but I haven't heard any updates on whether he's going to be okay or not. Yeah, I suppose so the line reflects that. Yeah, so obviously it's you know who knows at this point. I mean, if if Rivers is healthy and he's you know cleared to play, I put this number right where it is. It's uh, at least where it was sitting at about four, four and a half. I see one, three and a half in Vegas, but you know that's pretty much where my power rating was. I had at four and a half, and game opened four, and the look at line was three. So I mean. I don't know. I don't really have much to say, even if River is playing. And obviously, it's a whole different handicap if he's out. So, I kind of like uh, it's kind of scary to go back to well with them after it looked like they could have replaced them with peewee players and been as competitive last week. But I kind of want to go back to the well with Buffalo here. And it's just kind of the Chargers. You know, they. I don't know. The last week with a game against Jacksonville it was you know basically playing a game of hot potato with the wind, saying who wants it less. And, uh, you know, neither of them wanted to eat a W, like, a la Jameis Winston, that's for sure. And uh, the Chargers ended up beating an L, and uh, all totally by their doing. It was just pretty brutal. Um, but then again, they covered. And, uh, you know, good good teams win, great teams cover. And uh, that's kind of what the Chargers do when they're dogs. But uh, that's not what they do too often when they're favorites. So in this role... Basically, the Chargers are about as, as easy of a handicap for the most part as it gets. It's just take the points with them and, and take the points against them. And uh, so you're getting four, four and a half here. Uh, basically, no home field or even a negative home field potentially. Uh, Buffalo coming off back-to-back routes. It's a little scary to jump on them. That's just really the only way I could look. And I, I think you are getting you know at least a, a point, point and a half of value here uh, minimum. So and I think you could Buffalo could play a an average game here and still cover this number. And if they happen to play an above average game, I think they cover pretty easily. Uh, it's just a matter of you know there's a chance the way they've looked the last couple of weeks they might be quitting already. Uh, that they are in the second wild card spot right now still. So you you think they'd have their full motivation and their full attention. And in this price range it seems. Uh, extremely attractive to jump on them. So I think uh, that's the way I'm going to look in this one. So I'm I'm hoping that. Rivers does play in this game because I uh, I feel like the uh, the market would adjust a ton if he's not in the game, and then it just kind of throws in a lot of unknown variables into the mix where I'd rather be just taking the four four and a half uh, with him playing. Next game is Cincinnati at Denver. Just two teams I couldn't be less interested in backing. I don't think at this point uh, you got Denver laying two and a half, uh, a little bit extra juice at home with a total of thirty nine. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by this one personally. I, I, my power rating here, Denver minus one. Westgate opened Denver two and a half minus 120. And the look ahead was Denver minus two and a half. Uh, you know, just judging off the look ahead there, Denver two and a half. How do you, how do you upgrade Denver or downgrade Cincinnati? Cause one of those two had to, what had to happen. So I don't really know. 
how that's possible. I mean, I, I could see how you leave it at the what the look ahead was, but how do you upgrade Denver? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how you could possibly upgrade Denver from their performance, and you can't downgrade Cincy because I mean they had a chance to win that game, and not that you know they cut they cut that one break there, but still they were in the game and they covered the point spread. So I mean that you can't downgrade them off of that for sure. So like I said, I, I thought this would be coming in for sure below three. Um, but yeah, right now you see it's still about the same two and a half of juice, or there's even a few few flat threes out there in Vegas uh, that, I'm, that I'm on. So I'm on one of those in the flat three. I think I don't like Cincy that much. I don't think they're a great team. Um, and, but you know this Denver team has just been—they're kind of like the Giants. Are they trying? Are their defense giving up? And you know, I, I don't really blame them when they have Osweiler at the helm. So he's just showing hardly anything. So it's hard to imagine here you take Cincy basically saying which team's better and I think you got to take Cincy and obviously I think Dalty Dalty's a better quarterback and hopefully they can just uh <laughs> what's that? Sam, you're saying that with conviction but I don't argue, I don't disagree with you yeah I mean but anyways I mean yeah if you if you take a full effort you're just talent and everything talent wise you, you know Denver's obviously probably better better talent wise but just you know hard to imagine the way they've looked and like I said, the circumstances, it's just hard to imagine here. You just don't take, uh, if, it, if it does get to a full three or flat three, I think, you know, I'll be releasing it as a play on Cincy. Even, like I said, even not that I'm in love with Cincy, but just out of the pier. Taking that number, I think, you know, you got to look at Cincy here, anything at three or more. Well, you don't give, I, I mean, I give the Broncos. I upgrade them, keeping it within 25 against the Pats. So that was a pretty good effort that's, at home there in primetime. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> Put it like that. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I just had both of these teams I just dislike quite a bit, and they're in a way in a way they're kind of copies of each other. You got very underwhelming offenses and pretty shaky quarterback play, and both defenses that are above average to um, you know top top tier, but neither of them have really been playing like that um, a whole lot the last you know month or so, and uh, neither of the offenses have got her going at all. And their their ceilings of their offenses are you know probably like league average, even back when Osweiler was playing his best and Orwin Dalty was playing his best. I'd probably give a little bit of a lean to to Dalty and uh, the Cincy offense, but I'd probably give a little bit of a lean to the Denver defense. So I think it's a fairly even game. Um, I would I would say that Denver. It seemed like that should have been a spot last week against the Patriots at home in primetime where there's kind of a step-up spot um, after getting routed a couple weeks before that. And uh, so it seems like if they couldn't give a little bit of a better performance last week, um, who's to say now they've lost five in a row and just weren't competitive against the Patriots, weren't competitive against the Eagles, lost fairly easily to the Chiefs, got blown out by the Chargers. Uh, It's just been... uh, you know, and then lost to the Giants in a fairly uncompetitive game before that in prime time. So I know I bet on them, I think, twice, hoping to get bounce back spots on them. And they just haven't haven't basically been competitive or tried here in, in almost two months. So um, basically it's like, all right, if I could bet against that team getting points when they, when they haven't won and haven't even been competitive in most of their games, uh, even though I'm not in love with Cincy at all, it just kind of seems like a way to look. I mean, at least Cincy... They you know, they lost by four last week to the Titans, and then they they lost to the Jags by 16 the week before that, but then they beat the Colts. They are fairly competitive against the Steelers for a bit before they ended up losing their late. Um, and they had two wins before that. So at least they've been bad, but they've been more of a relatively respectfully bad, as opposed to Denver's just been... I think it's with Denver, it's kind of a, goes to the thing where they've been more of a high-profile team the last few years. 
and have you know been consistently winning and and right up towards the top in the, the AFC West. Where now um, their their offense has just been so atrocious. I think their defense is kind of quitting on them a little bit. And uh, you know I haven't been a big fan of that coach, and it just seems like it's just kind of not their year. So I uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if this is another week where you just don't really see a bounce back effort from them. And uh, if, it, if anything, you would have got it from them last week or the week before, or the week before that, I think so. Um, I agree. Getting points against this Denver team is a way to look, and especially if you can get a three. But even at two and a half, that's kind of the way I would lean as well. Uh, next game, this one's in Mexico City, I believe. I know they were talking about changing it, but the last I heard it was in Mexico City. Yeah. Uh, so we got New England at Oakland. New England laying six and a half. Uh, a couple sevens popping. Total of 52 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, New England minus six and a half. The Westgate open, New England minus five and a half. And the look line was New England minus six. Um, like, like uh, I don't know if you mentioned it or not, but Oakland's coming off the bye here. And uh, like you said, Mexico City game. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, was I watching the same game, that Denver-New England game? Because, I mean, if, if I look at just the adjustments they made here from the opener between the look-ahead and the opener, the, the like, like I said, the opener was six, or the opener was five and a half New England here, and the look ahead was New England minus six, and the, and then the Denver game was the exact opposite. So, if you judge it based just off of those two numbers, uh, the the change in those two numbers, you would assume that Denver kept it pretty close or won the game or something like it. Definitely didn't oh. spell blowout. That's uh, because Oakland had a great bye week. They got real well rested. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, they had a pretty tough <laughs> opponent. They were, they were playing against a tough opponent, uh, something like a better Cleveland, the bye week. But, yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, and then on top of that, the one thing I learned that maybe other people knew I didn't, but I think it just came public knowledge within, you know, this weekend, was that, you know, Bill Belichick staying out there, I think, in, is it the is it Army or something like that, wherever he's staying, um, they're going to stay out in uh, Denver at the high altitude to practice. I mean, so that's obviously something that I think that gets them an edge, too, because they're going to be staying – in mile high, and I think even where they're practicing, the facility is even higher than that. I think it's another couple hundred feet higher than uh, the city uh, that where the Denver stadium is. So it's like, um, you know, then obviously Mexico City is high in altitude, is what I'm getting, or high in uh, elevation. Elevation, yeah. And um, so it's like, you know, that makes sense. But I don't, my point is, I don't think that was widely available. So it's like, if anything, I mean, that's they blew out the, they blew out the team that was in front of them last week and on prime time and then they you know learning those facts about staying staying in an elevation where they're going to get used to it and and everything so i mean i don't there's really nothing that points i don't know yeah like you said Oakland just had a buy so long way of saying i don't i don't i just don't really understand it and i think obviously the market's corrected for it cuz now it's sitting six and a half, seven, so it makes sense but just like i don't what are these what are, what are the bookmakers doing i don't know cuz it was sitting it wasn't like it was just for a while i mean or like for one second and then it got bought up it was basically all monday it was sitting at five and a half which so it's pretty i guess what it comes down to is pretty stupid on my part and take the five and a half knowing what knowing full well it's going to move up so it's kind of just a detriment on me but like i said i'm just kind of confused but i think now it's kind of sitting in the right place um Pretty high total. I think it's kind of well deserved, especially with when you, the, the field goals. The kickers are going to be able to hit longer field goals because Mexico City's a higher alt, higher elevation than uh, <laughs> any any place in the U.S. I think, at least uh, football field wise. So um, I think uh, you know the high totals. You know, it's definitely deserved, and with the, both bad defenses and high powered offenses, so I have no no problem with the high total. And I think the numbers kind of sitting right where it is. I mean, even at 
even at six and a half, if you flat six and a half, I think you'd almost have to have to do a small lean to New England. But I don't know. We'll see how Oakland comes off off the bye. But I'm not really sold on, on that team at all. And I'm not really even sold on New England. It's just, again, that whole AFC uh, complexion. It, it just kind of the the whole team's just not not as, not as good as the NFC. I think it's obviously a pretty, pretty clear statement. But, again, I'm kind of surprised where this, this game opened up. But I think it's been corrected in the market now, now where it's hidden. Yeah, I remember I said this last week and uh, kind of scoffed a little bit and I was kind of half kidding, but I said I was thinking about teasing the board up and down with the Patriots. And, uh, you know, it's one of those where it kind of seems like it's you're asking for disaster, but uh, it was pretty much never in doubt, no sweat winner the whole way through. Um, and that was about a 9 out of 10 confidence in that last week, whereas this week I think this is another decent teaser spot to tease New England down to a, a pick or you know, a lane and a half point. Um, yeah, there are some unknowns with the, the Mexico City and, and Oakland coming off a bye and, you know, the Patriots coming off a pretty good performance. It's not nearly as good of a spot as it was last week, but, uh, with this game, I still think, yeah, I would, um, lean Patriots at six and a half and also, um, uh, definitely wouldn't be too scared to, to tease them with a couple teams here. And I think they are going to be able to take care of Oakland. I haven't been impressed with them, um, basically all year. And I think Belichick's, and stay in the obvious a little bit, but Belichick's a significantly better coach than Del Rio. Um, and I mean, the one thing you could say is Oakland coming off a bye at four and five, they're only a game out of the the wild card now um, with the Bills. So if they, uh, you know, if if they are going to be able to turn around their season and and kind of sneak back into it here, this is maybe you know a pretty good spot for them to uh, come up with a pretty good performance and. You know, who, I mean, they're, the only thing is their good performance might not even beat the Patriots if they play a good game. So, um, you know, it would probably get them to close to cover the number, but uh, it wouldn't probably get them to actually win the game outright to, to break up those teasers. So um, I don't don't absolutely love anything in this game, but I lean Patriots, and I uh, like them on a tease. Uh, Sunday night game, we got Philadelphia at Dallas. Uh, Philadelphia laying three or so on the road with three with some juice and a total of 48. Yeah, my power in here is Philadelphia minus one. My uh, Westgate opened Philadelphia minus three and a half, and the look ahead line was Philadelphia minus one. Uh, my power rating, I you know, overlooked a few injuries that are pretty key to Dallas. I think the, the two biggest ones are Sean Lee and uh, Tyron Smith on the on the offensive line there. That was pretty evident last week how I think wh- whoever he's playing against there at, for Atlanta, I think he had – was it either Claiborne? Five? Yeah, Claiborne either had five or six sacks. It's six. Like, talk about a revolving door, my God! It's like <laughs> it's pretty tough to get anything going when you just have a you know a newbie coming in there for a I, I don't know if, I don't know if he's all pro or not, but definitely a really solid offensive lineman, uh, first rounder I believe, and he can't you know put in replacement in off the bench. It's uh, you know goes to show you how important offensive line is, and I think a lot of people. Have the misconception here that you know Elliot, oh, he's out of the game, and you know, what a big deal he is, and that's why they got shut, got absolutely smoked last week against Atlanta. It's like, yeah, it's a small part of it, but the bigger thing, like I said, is this, you know the the Smith injury on the offensive line, and then it's also that Sean Lee, I think, is really big too on the defense because the stats are remarkable when he's out on defense for this Dallas defense. Uh, you know, kind of the the play caller, the middle, you know, the linebacker, middle linebacker, calling the plays, calling the shots, and kind of the the you know the head horseman there he's uh when he's out it's kind of a, a big play a big detriment to their their whole defense so those are two guys I'm really looking forward to I mean if, they, if these guys do play and are in and they're healthy 
I, I really like Dallas here at getting three and a hook at some places at least, or three three with uh, extra juice on Philadelphia, so you can get three at even money or something like that on Dallas. I think it's a good bet, but in a divisional game like this at home. But like I said, if they're out, it's a, it's a whole different team and a whole different uh, handicap, so I think you kind of got to wait and see, take the wait and see approach personally. Yeah, I completely concur with that. Uh, you know, Dallas is five and four here, and um, you know they their fellow game back in the wild card race in the NFC, based off their loss last week at Atlanta, and uh, so they they need the game pretty bad, and uh, you know it's a division game here, so obviously they, they know they know each other, and so getting the points at home is even more valuable. Um, you know, the Eagles coming off a bye. I still don't know if Peterson is the best coach or not. If you know, give him much credit coming off a of bye or not. I don't think there's any um, established trend yet on whether he's a great coach coming off a of bye. But it's hard to imagine that a team that's eight and one and you know flying high week after week is going to be really, you know, put in the extra work and and spend the time to uh, you know really maximize and come out with a great effort out of their bye week. Even though it is against a division opponent, they you know they got the wiggle room to kind of let down if if they want or if you know subconsciously if they do. So from a situational standpoint, it seems like a pretty great spot for the Cowboys. Um, you know that that being said, if uh, you know, the left tackle is not back, you know it might not matter because <laughs> obviously the the backup left tackle is just complete trash and and your uh, your guy Jason Garrett just absolutely refused to give him any credit. Or I mean, any you know, any support, any help over there to bring any tight ends to block, or they kept cutting over to the sideline, and they were asking, well, how many people would want to block Claiborne over here? And he kept putting up the one who wasn't sure if they just scored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just a jackass. Um, but no, yeah, no, I guess it was crazy. Um, I think Schefter or Ravel or somebody was tweeting out um, there's clauses in Claiborne's contract. And this is serious, not even joking that he kept hitting escalator clauses in his contract. So in the second quarter or whatever, when he was on his fourth sack, that gave him six for the season. So he got like a $500,000 bonus for that. And then the in the fourth quarter, he had another escalator get into his eighth sack on the year when he got a 6-1 of the game. And then he got like another 750000 for that. So, I mean, he should definitely be sending a you know fruit basket or something to that Chaz Green or whatever the hell that uh, left tackle was that came for the for the Cowboys, because he made, he made that guy a lot of money, that's for sure. Yeah, I think they're and, I think they're in on it together personally. <laughs> he's gonna give him a cut. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But then obviously, like you said with Sean Lee being important to the defense, I think he's pretty equivalent to in a lot of ways to what Keekley is to uh, the Carolina defense. You know, yeah, both, I agree with that. Uh, you know, white middle linebackers, <laughs> but uh, yeah, both play well, callers are just super important to their defense's success, and uh, I think. Keekley kind of gets that respect, but I don't think Sean Lee totally gets thought of on that level uh, like Keekley does. So I think he's, you know, both of those players are extremely important pieces to to keep in mind as you're uh, waiting for this game. I know I ended up putting a play out on Dallas at three and a half last week, thinking it was an overreaction to the Zeke Elliott, um, you know, being out, and I I was total lapse of um, paying attention on my part. I, I hadn't been following Twitter much. Sunday morning before the games um, t- tipped off or you know kicked off, and uh, I didn't realize that that Smith was out. And if I would have known that, I absolutely would have stayed away from it because you know I, to me, outside of quarterback, I think left tackle might be the most important position in football. And but it's also one that's going to be you know not nearly thought of as highly or, or shift the markets as much as uh, 
a quarterback or even sometimes a receiver or running back might be. So um, I was really disappointed when I figured that was the case and, and didn't like my bet, and it turned out to uh, be as bad as I had thought once I realized that. So as much as I'd want to bet Dallas, if, if he's out again or Lee's out or specifically if both of them are out, um, I think I'd have to stay away from this one. Uh, Sunday night, we got, I mean, the uh, Monday nighter, we got Atlanta heading to Seattle. Uh, Seattle land three at home, the total of 45. Yeah, my power rating here, Seattle minus three. Westgate open, Seattle three, even money. And the locate line was Seattle minus two. Um, again, I don't know why. These lookhead lines seem a little goofy this week. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, Seattle, yeah, they got the win. They're coming off extra rest. But, I mean, their whole defense, you know, with Sherman going down, uh, and he had some more defensive players going down that are pretty important to that defense. Uh, that's going to be uh, with Earl Thomas and then Chancellor, Cam Chancellor. So, I mean, those are the three most key players to that defense. So, um, it, it, granted, Thomas and Chancellor might be playing. It looks like they're probable, but uh, Sherman's definitely out with his Achilles. So, that's going to be a pretty big blow. So, um, which is not not that they can't stand up from it, but it seems seems kind of strange as it goes from you know Seattle two to now three. Uh, uh, from the opener to the look at, or from the look ahead to the opener, but after a pretty dominating performance by Atlanta too um, against Dallas. So anyway, but as for the handicap goes, uh, I think it's kind of sitting right where it should be. I think, um, you know, at three, uh, it seems like it's like a pretty pretty much where it should be. I, I really don't really want to put my money on Seattle here. So I mean, if I had to lean anywhere, it'd probably be towards Atlanta. But I feel like this is a spot that Seattle's gonna come out and, and win. And I think you know, like I said, I think it's about right. So it's kind of hard to twist it anyway if there's you know if the number's right the number's right so i think i'll just probably be staying away from this game and watching an enjoyable gaming on monday night yeah this is uh you know from a fan perspective this should be a pretty good one hopefully i'm kind of curious to see I, i've been kind of down on atlanta for a lot of the season and it could have just been a circumstance game last week where they just kind of jumped on dallas for the reasons we stated and uh you know it's kind of more of a flash in the pan than anything but, uh, you know, or it could be a, maybe the start of Atlanta kind of finding something and get on a little bit of a roll here. So I'm not totally sure what to make of the Falcons team. And this is a price range where it feels about right. And, um, you know, I, I don't feel strongly about fading them or necessarily backing them. And uh, the same token of the coin, basically with Seattle, is that I, I thought that they've had the ability to potentially get her going and turn it on here later in the season but they still have some offensive line issues. And now with their defensive injuries, um, you know, it's it's just a spot where I don't really feel confident that I'm going to get a certain type of performance out of either, really either of these teams. Uh, so unless the number's way out of whack, where I feel like there's just a lot of potential value on either side, it's a pretty easy one to pass. And this is right in the price range where it really doesn't, you know, have me looking either way. I was going to say, remember last year, a little bit earlier in the year, I remember um, Atlanta was he- headed to Seattle, and they were catching like six points or somewhere in that range, and I remember me and you all were all over the Falcons in that game, and so it was kind of crazy that, uh, you know, after this disappointment of a season as Atlanta's had this year, now a year later, they're coming back, and it's the same type of game, and uh, even with Seattle's injuries and everything, but it's uh, an all full like three points lower than that. It's kind of interesting, you know, how obviously they went to the Super Bowl, so their perception is going to change. But um, how if you can see stuff earlier than it happens, you can, uh, you know, get numbers that are that drastically different than they are, uh, you know, weeks later. 
whether it be within the course of one season or, you know, within a season or what have you. Um, so that'll do it there for the Week 11 card. Uh, you know, a couple interesting games, a couple horrible ones, and, you know, hopefully uh, a couple of them go our way this week. So uh, we'll finish it up like we always do and each give our picks of the week. The AS Pick of the Week. So I got mine uh, home last week with the Colts. Is never in doubt. They're catching 10, 10 and a half, and uh, should have won the game outright, but they kind of choked that one away. And uh, you had Buffalo, which I liked quite a bit. I know a lot of people liked quite a bit, and they were basically out of it from the opening kickoff. So that drops you to two and eight on the season, and gets me into the positive finally at five, four, and one. So I got to keep T box and keep her going here. Um, couple of couple of interesting choices here. Um, I think. I wish I wish we had a number on that Buffalo game because I think that would probably be the pick of the week if if we did have a, a definitive one up there. But I don't really want to. I guess I'll say if if Buffalo goes off consensus at more than a field goal underdog, so if you can get them at three and a half or more, um, they'll be my pick of the week. But if Philip is out or they gets bet down. Uh, you know, if once he gets announced in, whatever reason it gets bet down, and it goes off at three or lower, then I will have. Um, I'm going I'm to go back. I'm going to say that over in that Baltimore Green Bay game. Looks like 38s. The boy, uh, is that not fair? What was that? I said, boy, is that not fair? Taking two picks out the board. <laughs> well, uh, you uh, do you want one of those two? Yeah, I was going to go Baltimore Green Bay, but you know that's fine if you want to. Maybe I'll make a bunch of contingencies about three plays and you know fire whatever I want to on Twitter right before the game. So my contingency fifteen play of this week is going to be Washington plus no. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm going to call my lawyer over here and make sure I can figure it out. <laughs> well, you know it's one of those things when you don't have you know the numbers is kind of available but it's not really anymore. But if if Rivers is in like he should be, it, I mean it should come back right at the four or four and a half, and I gave myself a little bit of wiggle room there so. I mean, you can contingency that green green bay total no, in case fine. mine does come in. I don't need to deal with your BS contingencies. I'll just, uh, like I said, that's where I was going. But maybe that'll be a little blessing. Maybe the that won't, won't work out. So now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the Cincinnati um, two and a half. I mean, it's kind of annoying because you're gonna you know hardly pay any juice. But I'll just uh, you know take the Cincinnati plus two and a half. All right. Well, let's uh, you know. Hope for the best there. Hope, hope the Rivers comes back and I get that number and then both of ours lose and that Green Bay total ends up at about 80. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> um, why I just so. get people complaining and uh, text me and stuff and they just say something along. We don't have victories. We don't win anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I hear you there, Donald. It's uh, It's been a rough go of it, especially on that 2-8 and eight, uh, trend there for you this year. Yeah, I bet a nice 25%. It's pretty rough. I don't know what the uh, – like I said, it just seems like kind of how the season's been going. Is, can, like I said, seen, I think I feel feel like I'm seeing it pretty clearly, but it's uh, just not going my way and not not like I'm really even getting unlucky necessarily other than like last week and my first half bet. I feel like that was pretty unlucky, but I mean not a whole lot of really unlucky plays. It just seems like they're just not really working out, but – Anyway, what are you gonna? You just gotta keep grinding. It's a grind, and uh, you know, hopefully, it'll turn around here. Yeah, don't you don't want to, you know, Ben McAdoo and, and and have all your uh, your picks quit on you there. So hopefully, you can get it turned around and finish the season strong, and 
You know, maybe we'll go on a little running gear back to eight and eight for the year, huh? Yeah, put away my Denny's playbook or what? <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, that'll do it for uh, the week eleven pod here. Uh, thanks for coming on the pod, Rob, and best of luck to everybody here in week eleven. And we'll be back uh, next Tuesday, you know, a couple days before Thanksgiving, and do the Thanksgiving games, and then uh, head into the head into Thanksgiving weekend. So, we'll see everybody next week.